heavy rock and roll music if you want to race with me. It's Nescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo Library with a few pit stops along the way. We play them briefly, judge them harshly, and then we rank them. That's pretty much all you need to know. I'm Steampunk Link. I'm Emmy Zero, and peace and love, peace and love to everybody out there. Yes. Uh, we've got, <laughs> we have got uh, some, some fascinating games to talk about today with you guys. So uh, we hope you're ready for it. I'm feeling the British invasion over here for sure. Uh, that's definitely. You yeah, know, definitely the, the kind of rock and roll that they were referring to in rock and roll racing. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they probably would have done a Beatles song in there if they could have gotten the rights to it. But uh, yeah, the money, the money, I think, would have been out of out of the made that out of the question. <laughs> so what 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 Beatles song do you think would have been best for? I think uh, one of the early ones, like A Hard Day's Night. I think that would have been a good one. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, so could have done like a, a secret bonus stage with like, uh, uh, you know, like a MIDI version of I Am The Walrus. You know, oh, you know, yeah. Uh, get some yellow submarine yeah, yeah. going on. Oh, that that would have been good. Okay. Been cool, right? Someone. Yeah. Yeah. Someone needs to make a Beatles racing game now. Mm-hmm. I want to see this. Yeah. I want this to happen. I, mean, I want to. They did that rock band game. Hasn't been any Beatles activity in in the game space since then, aside from Paul McCartney doing that song for Destiny. So, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's 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 been a, a year now since that whole um since the get back sessions thing went up on Netflix. Oh, right, right. Yeah. We got, we got to keep the Beatles in the public zeitgeist folks. We got it. We got to keep, cannot them going. let people ever forget about them. Uh, because Hey, the baby boomers, uh, they're, they're dying out. And once they're gone, uh, you know, somebody has got to be around to let people know that this one band from, you know, 60 years ago, uh, is, is better than anything that you like. So, they're not they're not that good i'm sorry uh i i really like the beatles i do too but you know uh i like the beatles a lot i want to be clear i do like the beatles a lot i do not think they ever made an album as good as pet sounds but that's neither here nor there um but it's also really beside the point for this because we're going to talk about rock and roll racing a game that as we discussed uh, it does not have any Beatles. Right, music right. In it. Yeah, it does have some other recognizable rock music in it, but not their stuff. Yeah. So that's not the only game we got, though. Uh, what else do we have for for today? Steampunk Link. We've got Plock and um, some F1 game. I, I don't even know. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, actually, you know, what? should we just get that out of the way now? Yeah, sure. Let's do that because uh, we're not going to rank it. Um, this was uh, uh God, I feel bad. What is the actual name of this game? Uh, it is Red uh, Redline F1 Racer. Um, That's right. So, uh, yeah, uh, Absolute Entertainment put that one out. It is another one of those F1 games. I played it for a little bit. It's fine, I guess, if you're into that. But it's... yeah. I thought it was pretty underwhelming. Um, you know, it's it's got, you know, a few different modes. It's it feels to me not really distinct from most of the other like sim type racing games that we've played for the Super Nintendo. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I didn't really enjoy like the feel of the car in it or anything. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess some race car driver is I think maybe a real race car driver is somewhere. yeah I think so there did seem to be a lot of focus on one particular race car driver whose like image is in the game and you can do like a special a special race against him um, so I assume that was like a, a licensing deal but I know less about famous race car drivers than I do about practically any other sports people which is really saying something so you know, um, uh, oh, a, uh, yeah. a Japanese F1 driver, uh, Aguri Suzuki. So there you go. OK, there you um, go. Yeah, that's uh, Aguri Suzuki F1 Super Driving is the name of the uh, Japanese version. And yeah, kind of surprised they didn't uh, they didn't switch him out for 
you know, a, an American American F1 driver or just a robot in this one. That's a different <laughs> that's a different situation than what we've had recently. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely would have been more noteworthy if uh, you were just racing against the perfect racing robot who, uh, due to yeah. racing racists, was not allowed to race against humans. That's so. Right. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, we're not going to rank it. It's just one of those. If you're really into F1, um, honestly, we've probably already played better F1 games on the Super Nintendo. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think the um, the kind of like behind the back one that used like the weird mode seven effect, um, that one probably <laughs> was a better, uh, a more interesting game than this. But yeah. 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 So, so anyway, that is uh, Redline F1 Racer. Uh, we're just gonna leave that one behind, and I guess we're. Uh, let's see. What what do we want to talk about first? Because there's there's a there's a good amount we could talk about with either of these two games. Uh, yeah. This other. Well, I think since we already brought it up in in a bit of detail, let's go ahead and talk about uh, rock and rock roll and roll racing. racing. All right. So we're leaving the F1 behind for the weird interstellar quasi cyberpunk dystopian racing that uh that for some reason has a lot of american rock and roll <laughs> integrated into it you know it's uh it's the it's just the soundtrack of the universe racing uh where does this come from who made it uh this one comes to us from silicon and synapse which would become blizzard which would become activism blizzard which would go on to you know abuse its employees embrace predatory pricing schemes and just generally represent all of the worst behavior possible from a modern video game company and indeed capitalists in general i probably don't need to say anything else about blizzard right <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, they did make some good games, though. They, they did. They, they made some good games. Back in the day, especially, they made some really good games. And this is one of them. Uh, this is kind of I guess we should probably also mention that this is sort of like a, a quasi sequel or like a redo of uh, of, of uh, RPM racing. This is essentially a game built on that foundation. But uh, as we will discuss, a much more successful kind of iteration of that concept. Yeah. And honestly, I think like not only just because they sort of got away from the concept of RPM racing with, you know, the the whole interplanetary thing and the rock and roll and all of that. But I also don't know how successfully or how well a sequel to RPM racing would have sold because that game was pretty bad. Oh, no. <laughs> It was pretty bad, and I don't think anybody, even at the time, really liked it very much. So they pretty much just took the same basic concept. They rethought some major parts of it, made it run much better, and then put a much more appealing sort of uh, aesthetic overlay on it with these fun sort of wacky, spacey comic book characters, uh, some fun music, and just kind of an overall vibe that's a lot more entertaining than the kind of dourness of RPM racing. So yeah, like that game, this is a uh, kind of isometric um, you know, uh, kind of top-down racer. Uh, you have a few different cars, you have a few different characters you can select, and then a few different cars you can select for them. And the cars are upgradable, um, you know, with money you win from these races. There are weapons in uh, that, that you can deploy from your car. Uh, and a bunch of different courses, uh, a bunch of kind of, a kind of progressive leveling up of, uh, of, of difficulty as the game goes along, you can kind of, uh, qualify to participate in harder races basically. And yeah, like that's, that's the game pretty much. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a really neat thing. Um, I, I really like just about everything about this game and I'm not a huge racing game fan. Um, racing games with a lot of upgrades and stuff like that tend to lose me, but, the upgrade track was simple enough here that yeah. I, I didn't find it unpleasant at all. I actually really enjoyed, you know, like, okay, if I if I pick up this much money on the track in the next race and win, I'll have enough to do this and start planning ahead, you know, kind of thinking, like, what upgrades I wanted to get next. This game's got a lot of personality. Obviously, the music is uh, a bunch of MIDI versions of rock and roll songs like you got bad to the bone highway star yeah apparently this game has is missing one track that's in the sega genesis version uh radar love by Golden oh interesting Area. 
Oh yeah, right. Right, yeah. But what is there sounds really good. Um it's definitely uh, an improvement over the MIDI version of um Bohemian Rhapsody that we were subjected to in the Wayne's <laughs> World game. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's there's a good way and a bad way to do like a MIDI version of like an existing, you know, pop song. And uh, this is the right way to do it. This is, you know, it, it, they're, they're fun. They're instantly recognizable. And um, I think that they really I'm sure it wasn't cheap to license these songs for this game, but they do really add something to it. So. Uh, you can play this game one or two player. You go through different, uh, there's like six planets um, that you end up racing on all together. You do uh, two different levels uh, of, of races on each planet and each level or each uh, um, league. I don't know what you, I forget the term. That they yeah, use I think for. league or, it, yeah, I don't remember what uh, what term they use, but it's, um yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's actually a pretty decent bit of content for a racing game like this. And yeah, it's fun. Like the racing is fun. It feels good to, you know, slide around corners and, you know, pick up weapons and, and, you know, deploy them at, at smart times and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoy this game just sort of from top to bottom. What, uh, what character do, do you like playing as in this? When I really dug into it, I just played as the the, the first character that's on the screen, I, and then now uh-huh. I can't even remember his name. But y- yeah, I I, we, I wasn't really thinking of names. There was just kind of like there's there's like a guy that kind of looks like uh, uh, you know like a superhero, or super villain, a guy who just kind of looks like a Mad Max sort of fella. Yep. Uh, my favorite one, the one I like to use is the guy who is just straight up a Wookiee. Yes. His name's Ivan Zypher <laughs> and he's just a big furry guy. He's, he's a legally distinct Wookiee. Right. And he's in this game. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, he is actually, I'm, I'm trying to think like in the instruction manual, they've got, you know, like little uh, bios on all these characters. Yeah, they do. Yeah. The bios are kind of wild actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, they've got bios on the, the, racers and also the characters you will race against each planet has sort of like it's um it's it's primary racer who's going to be your main opponent along with um a pair of twins rip and shred who are also there uh, unless you're playing two player in which one of them will obviously be replaced by the second player uh, which is probably why they're just twins so they're like oh yeah just just throw another one in there just yeah, yeah. so yeah it's uh it's it's a really really fun game. A lot of personality. You've got a commentator who gets a little bit old after a while because he's saying a lot of the same things over and over again. Uh, yeah, about yeah. How the, the fourth place racer is in another time zone, which is you know cute the first couple times you hear it and gets old pretty quick. But yeah, but you know I mean obviously like voice samples eat up a lot of space on one of those Super Nintendo mm-hmm. cartridges, so I understand. It's true, yeah. But what else there is really to say about this? I mean, it's it's a third-person uh, yeah, racing game. It, it's a lot of fun. There's uh, a few power-ups you can pick up on the road, like uh, boost for your armor and uh, you know extra money, so you can you know get a little bit of extra money aside from just what you would ordinarily earn for uh, placing in first, second, or third. Um, I guess. Oh, there's also a point system which you need to move on to the next league or the next tier right um which you you can do early you before you even go through all of the races in a particular tier if you earn enough points though it's usually uh it's probably it's probably advisable not to do that in a lot of cases just because you'll earn more money for upgrades that will make it easier for you to to win those races on the next yeah, level yeah yeah um, oh uh, you know, uh snake so. sanders was my racer um Ah, yeah, yeah, that sounds good old right. Snake yeah. Sanders. Um, I also really like uh, Viper McKay, who's the uh, antagonist on the first planet that you're racing on. Um, he looks like Judge Dredd with wings coming out of his helmet. Yes, he does. Yeah, uh, yeah. Judge Dredd now with wings. <laughs> it's a wild game. They really went for it, and I am very glad they did. Um, this is a game that's been re-released in a, a lot of different. Places I think it got recently re-re- re-released along with uh, the Lost Vikings and um, 
uh, Blackthorn was the other Blackthorn, one in that yes, collection. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was in the uh, the Blizzard arcade collection, which is very funny because none of those games came out in arcades like ever. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, it uh, that is a really good version. It combines features from the different home uh, console versions of rock and roll racing uh, to make kind of an ultimate version. So I think it had like, you know, obviously it had the missing song here from, uh, you know, the um, uh, radar love, but it also, I think had graphics that were more reminiscent of uh, the super Nintendo version. And uh, yeah, it was very, very good. If you don't feel like, supporting blizzard activision blizzard and giving them money though uh really any version of this game you end up playing i think is is going to be quality so yeah but yeah it's an ek oh and speaking of the lost vikings olaf is just straight oh, up yeah, a racer in this is, game yeah. too <laughs> yeah that's fine it's very i fun. like that little easter egg mm-hmm. so you can you can play as olaf the lost viking if you if you you know, it even, fun. I guess, canonically makes sense because they did go to space and the future. Yes. So yeah. he might as well be in here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why not? I don't know if I've got a whole lot else to say about I, this. I don't I, either. I, There's not. I, I really like this game, but it is, it, it, you know. Uh, it, it's it's there's not much else I think to say about it. Uh, so I think we might as well just go to the list and try to find a place for it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of think I'm pretty high because, again, like I'm yeah. not a huge racing fan, but I still really enjoyed this. So I, I think this is one of those games that sort of transcends its genre and is a mm-hmm. lot of fun for just about anyone who enjoys video games. Yeah, I would say I think this might be a top 20 game. It might be. Where is... um. Yeah, because like, like we we got super off road right now at twenty nine. Yeah, these games are pretty similar. They're both you know a lot of fun, but I think this one is more fun than yeah. Super I off-road. do I do agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, and if we go up from there, you know, we have the next racing game that I think is is like a, a direct comparison is Super Mario Kart, which is at number sixteen. Now, do you think this goes any? anywhere near that oh i'm sorry top gear is uh is at number 18 so um yeah do, what do you think about this in comparison to those games Ooh, it it's tough this one's tough um i think super mario kart is is similarly you know like fun even if you were not a hardcore racing fan yeah and I think that one's got a little bit more to it. It's I mean, I think just with the going. battle mode and everything, I think that yeah. that probably puts that one in a, a you know, though this range, game does but. have battle mode aspects to it. You can it shoot does. other it's cars true. and leave mines and stuff like that. So no, that's, that's true. It does have actually more in common with it than you might think. But yeah, I think, I think super Mario Kart is, is, you know, uh, you know, probably cut above this, but, um, Top Gear, though, I think that's kind of an interesting comparison because uh, that is another game that, you know, uh, I think uh, people don't necessarily tend to talk about it that much, but it is, you know, a really, really good racing game. And it's a little bit more, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit more realistic. It's a little bit more focused on kind of the cool look of the game than on uh, wacky fun like this is. So, you know, there's there's definitely a very different approach here. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, I am not sure which one of these I would rather play, you know? Yeah, it really is almost a toss up for me. It's just kind of depending mm-hmm. on like what I'm feeling like, you know? Yeah. Um, because I, I, I think I would put this above cool spot at number 20. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, would I put it we above got... Star Fox at number 19? Uh, that's difficult to say, but, uh, I don't know. I think in a, in some ways actually, uh, rock and roll racing maybe holds up a little better than Star Fox does. I mean, it's certainly much more of a just like pick up and play game than Star Fox is, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. Um, you know, and that two player mode probably goes a long way to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, I almost just want to, like, let it share number 18 with Top Gear right now. Cause I'm yeah. Just like, it, yeah. They're, they're both really, really good racing games. And it's just kind of up to, like, what are you feeling like? Right. I, I'm trying to yeah. think of one quality that that 
one of them has that would edge it out over the other. Um, well, I mean, I guess a question is maybe how much do you think this music adds to it? Because that may be actually a big selling point of this game for, for some folks. Yeah, though, I would say like Top Gear's got a really it's got a great soundtrack, soundtrack too. too. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. God, this is this might be one of the tough tougher ones we've yeah. encountered and I was not expecting that today but what do you what do you think about like this one in Cybernator which is right above Top Gear right now at number 17 uh it's also really tough uh I think that Cybernator is a game that has a tremendous amount of personality I think I probably would give Cybernator the edge over over rock and roll racing just because I'm maybe more of a fan of the genre there than I am of of, you know, uh, this kind of racing, but, uh, it's uh, kind of a, a personal taste thing okay. there. So it definitely sounds like not a lot of support for putting this above cybernator. So I, I guess think we're back it's down to top gear. Yeah. I, 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 so, I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I'll, I'll say this, like if you are super not into racing at all, there may be less about Top Gear that's going to mm-hmm. pull you in. I mean, like, it, it's a really solid game. And again, even as somebody who's not super huge into racing, like I, I've said multiple times now, yeah. I still really, really enjoy Top Gear. But you think, like, the personality of rock and roll racing is what kind of puts it up uh, puts it up above? Or I mean, you could almost argue that, like, rock and roll racing isn't even really racing. It's right. whatever whatever the heck rock and roll racing is, you know, that's true. Yeah. That's it's, it's true. this silly, you know, fine. Like kind of RC car like racer zone. where you're yeah. shooting the other cars and listening to MIDI versions of, of rock and roll. Tunes, yeah. I mean, so. it really is closer to Mario Kart than it is to like a, you know, a classic standard racing game. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's a good argument. Uh, I would feel good about putting this right above top gear. If, if you think that, that that makes sense because uh, I I think I I do buy that argument that this is maybe a little bit more universally appealing even like outside of its genre. Yeah, I think I think we'll we'll go ahead and do it. I okay. think we'll make this our new number eighteen. All right, cool. Well, after that complicated conversation, let's go for something simpler. Let's talk about Plock. Yeah, let's talk about Plock. Uh... What the plock, man? Plock, there's a little bit of history behind this one we can yeah, go into. Go uh, this it, one, yeah. yeah, this one comes to us from Trade West and Software Creations. Um, Software Creations, pretty sure we've talked about them back when we discussed Spider-Man and the X-Men. Uh, they're a studio based out of Manchester, England. They would ultimately become Acclaim Studios Manchester in 2002 before, uh, you know, sinking with the Acclaim ship a few years later. But um, but the real story behind Plock is the story of two brothers, uh, <laughs> Stee and John Pickford. Uh, I, I believe it's pronounced Stee because I've seen his name credited as Steve. So maybe Stee is a nickname for steve Uh, yeah i think that's right that's a very british sort of nickname yeah okay all right pulled a lot of information from among other places a uh january 2014 piece in Eurogamer about the two of them um you can check that out it's easily found through the pickford's website which is uh z which is z-e-e hyphen three dot com uh john got his start learning how to code while he was still in school in the early 80s and even sold his first game ghost town for the zx spectrum in 1983 before graduating um after leaving school and everything says leaving school so i don't know if he left or if he graduated but uh one way or the other, uh, John found himself making games for developer Binary Design. Uh, meanwhile, his brother Stee was still in school with aspirations of uh, drawing comics someday. However, uh, John pulled some strings and got uh, his brother some experience at Binary with him doing art for some of their games. And before long, John and Stee were both in the games industry working for Binary Design and then uh, jumped ship to create their own company in 1987 called Zippo games uh zippo 
only as a handful of games to their credit, was relatively short-lived, but during that time, the company was approached by another company, which was also founded by two brothers, this time the Stamper Brothers. That company was Rare, and Rare wanted them to work on some uh, the the NES games. Is uh, Rare was one of the first UK companies to get a an NES development kit in a licensing deal with Nintendo. Uh, so Zippo's output for the NES would include uh, games like the Sesame Street games, which were published by High Tech Expressions over here, and Iron Swords, Wizards and Warriors 2. But anyway, so getting back to Plock, uh, the character was originally created by John, uh, who uh, sort of just sketched him out, starting by drawing a, a hangman's hood on a pile of cartoon <laughs> limbs. Oh my God! Yeah, that that is what he's wearing, huh? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It it is a very strange thing. Uh, he later had the idea for a game revolving around capturing fleas and went back to his um, hangman character to stand in as the protagonist. The basic concept for what would become Plock was born. Originally, the pair sought to bring the game, which they were calling Flea Pit to arcades using uh, the Razboard, which was a coin-op arcade board designed by Rare uh, and developed by Zippo themselves. However, Rare was making most of their money around this time from NES games and were disinterested in the Razboard or arcade development in general and suggested that Flea Pit be moved to Game Boy instead. And this was pretty frustrating for the brothers at Zippo as they were already well into development and even secured comedian Chris Seavey to voice the character. Wow. Um, yeah. To, to make matters worse, Zippo was funding the project themselves and money was running out. By 1990, Zippo would shut down with Flea Pit never being released. But as the 90s started, the gaming landscape was changing. A company called Software Creations had a head start on SNES development, as they were the first ones in the UK to get a SNES um, development kit. John made a call to Richard Hay over at Software Creations, and he and his brother were quickly hired to work on Equinox, which, uh, looking at Wikipedia, that has this game coming out in February of 1993, which I... I don't know what on earth is going on with that game. It's very confusing. Yeah, we have we have wondered about Equinox a number of times at this point. Yeah, because it, 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 yeah, it keeps showing up in Nintendo Power and never coming out. Yeah, so I'm I'm like, not like, sure. Where if, is if, it? I'm not sure if my list is just wrong about it, like by a lot. Because I mean, do you think it was maybe just like a UK only release? Well, that's what I was wondering. But it it, it on Wikipedia it says that it came out in '93 in the u.s it, but didn't come out a year until a year later in the uk so it has it coming out later in the so uk weird. so I, yeah huh. i'm i'm really yeah, confused that's with, mysterious really I, i'm really confused with the timeline of equinox i have no idea we'll, we'll get to it eventually but yeah maybe i'll find something else about it that can more definitively pinpoint when that game actually came out but um but while they were working on Equinox, they were doing some stuff, you know, working on the, the concept of Flea Pit on their own time. And then they pitched the game to Hay with the new name Plock, uh, who liked it and thought about bringing it to all of the Nintendo consoles. Uh, but only the SNES version would make it out the door, obviously. Uh, Software Creations would have um, two other brothers, two brothers, the Fallen brothers doing the music. And you can definitely tell when you play this game if you are... That's a Fallen Brothers soundtrack. For yeah, that sure. is a Fallen Brothers soundtrack. That is a Fallen Brothers sound design. Like I am picking up on like sound effects that I'm like, oh, I remember that oh, yeah. sound effect from Spider-Man and the X-Men. Yep, this is a Fallen Brothers game. Yeah, uh -huh. um, MIDI electric guitar. You've got it. <laughs> some of the music in this game, some of it sounds like like terrible like clown music, <laughs> but some of it's great. Some of it's so good. Yeah, this it's a really interesting soundtrack. Yeah, there's there's just a kitchen sink approach to this to everything about this game. We'll we'll, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, um, but all of it is very if you've heard these guys' music before, you th this is very all very recognizably them. So yeah. But anyway, so uh, getting back to the uh, the Pickford brothers. Uh, so this so Plock was their biggest project up to this point that they had actually gotten to manage. And, uh, you know, that was their own concept that they got to see through to the release. Um, so after uh, doing Plock, they would uh, stick around for a little while over at Software Creations before uh, before leaving to 
start up another uh, independent studio in the 90s called Z2, where they would develop games like Wet Tricks and Aqua Aqua. A lot of water-themed games there. Not, not sure what's going on there. Indeed, yeah. Uh, hmm. The Pickfords would also work on a PS2 game based on the film E.T., which was being produced by U.S. studio New Kid Co. Um, wow, that never came out. Hi. Nope, sure didn't. E.T. on uh, video game systems, just a cursed concept, apparently, because uh, uh, New Kid Co. went under, only releasing a GBA version of the game, and they were unable to pay Z2 for their work, leaving them about like a hundred, like uh, about a million dollars in the hole. Like, oh, that's bad. Wow. Yeah. So that um, so when New Kid Co. shut down, that pretty much left uh, Z2 high and dry and they had to, sh- uh, to uh, shut down as well. So the brothers formed a third company in 2004, this one called Z3. And that's the one they've still got, clearly, because that's what the website is that exactly. they're, they're seemingly still maintaining. Yeah, so they mostly just work on indie projects, mobile games. Um, you know, they, they talk a bit in, uh, you know, certain interviews, you know, how Sometimes they kind of miss the the big studio stuff, but unfortunately, unless you are the size of like an Activision Blizzard, it's really hard to, you know, get on those sorts of projects anymore. So, yeah, they stick with the the Indian mobile stuff these days. Um, They also seem to be keeping a candle going for Plock, as you can subscribe to their Patreon for Plock Comics. Okay. It seems to still be going. (laughs) I mean, you know, I I think Plock is a fun little guy. I think he's a fun character. So, you know, I understand that. I understand them wanting to keep doing something with him, even if games yeah. didn't really work out. Okay, I- I'm just going to say, this game conceptually is a mess. I don't know what they're going for. Everything. Why, everything. That's what they're going why, for. Why does Plock's head look like a hangman's hood? Like, yeah. Because I guess they sketched it out years ago, and, uh-huh. and that was what they, they had. Why is this little guy chasing fleas? I don't know, because that was another concept that they well, had, and they, they mashed they, it together. Yeah, I mean, uh, in the game, at least, he's chasing the fleas at first because they stole all his flags, and he really wants those flags back. He That's really wants straightforward. To... I mean, it, it almost seemed like, okay, so they're going for like this, you know, like, like a, a world made out of crafting material. Cause uh-huh. he's fighting the Bobbin brothers and right. everything looks like, you know, like fabric draped over and, and pinned to the side of, you know, some other kind of material. It, Yarn Yoshi, this isn't, but no, I can kind but... of see maybe what they're going for there. Yeah. But like the, the, the enemies don't really mesh with that kind of setting. No, and no, they don't. Plock himself doesn't really mesh with it. Um, yeah, Plock himself is kind of a proto Rayman. Like he's got disconnected arms and legs that he flings at things to attack them. I don't know. It's a strange little setup. It's it's very strange. Um, and it, yeah, you know, he picks up power ups like he can turn into a guy with a, a blunderbuss and and fire a, a spread gun like kind of projectile. Um, he can turn into a saw blade and zoom across <laughs> large portions of certain levels, a la Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, he has two completely different jumps. He, he can do like a regular jump that's sort of like short range and I guess maybe more precise, and then he can do this like bigger jump where he he you know flies up several times his height and turns into a saw blade so right although yeah. he doesn't damage enemies when he does that when he actually turns into a saw blade by picking up the saw blade right, he item, can like roll across the yeah, yeah. well the, but the big thing between those two jumps is that you can still attack while you do the short jump you cannot while you do that big jump and i think that was maybe kind of like the the trade-off they were going for there but a lot of different concepts here that don't really coalesce into something coherent. And and again, like I'm not entirely sure what they're going for there. Having said all that, like, I think this game is pretty fun. It's far from perfect. 
it is very frustrating to get into. Yes, it doesn't really control. It's as a side scrolling platformer with some, you know, action and puzzle elements. It doesn't really control like how you think it will. Yeah, it takes some getting used to it before you really get a handle on those controls. I will say, you know, we've um, criticized a lot of, you know, UK, like the, the UK gaming aesthetic a lot for not really working as well as say like a lot of games coming out of Japan where you've got like platform characters who are just so large and the world is scaled up that yeah it's 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 almost unplayable I don't think that's as much of a problem with Plock I still think maybe the world is just scaled up a little bit too big for its own good but it's it's certainly manageable it definitely is and i i appreciate that this game is also not demanding that you poke around every corner of the levels to find like a hundred items in order to be able to complete the levels you know i think that that the scale of the character works fine for just moving through the level and getting to the end of it i don't know that i would really want to have like giant like you know mazes that you have to to, you know, search through every part of them with this kind of, of, you know, view of the character. Well, there's definitely some levels later on that get into like territory where I was pretty confused at first as to what I was supposed to do. Um, there are sections where you have to hit a target with one of your limbs, which will yes. cause you to permanently lose that limb until you pick it up again uh, on a hanger that's right. associated with it. And it will have some effect on the level. Yeah. It'll like activate a switch or like make a platform move to a different position or something that can be kind of hard to, to parse what is going on there and what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I've definitely had areas where I activated one of those and did not know right away what it did and had to really like, search through the level to figure out, you know, what the, the change was. And yeah. Um, so that, that was a little bit annoying. I, I will say too, like this game does some really interesting things that are very surprising. Uh, there's a section, uh, not too far into the game where Plock goes to sleep and imagines his granddad going through these levels, looking for his lost amulet. And then you, actually play as his granddad but not only are you playing as a as i mean essentially the same character but you know with a few aesthetic differences but everything is now in grayscale everything's being presented as if it were an old-timey movie the music changes to sort of match that the the fonts in the game change to match the old-timey movie aesthetic it was very surprising to me that they went the extra mm-hmm. mile for this sort of gimmick and i yeah i applaud that like that's something I would expect from a modern, you know, kind of like a, like retro 2D platformer throwback kind of thing. Like I would I would expect those kind of shenanigans like today. Back then, that that felt pretty forward thinking for back then. Like that, I mean, just changing the fonts around. That's a lot of uh, character lot of work, um, yeah. that you're that you're you know giving up just for this little gimmick. And yeah, it, they they go for it. I I appreciate that. I think it's great. Um, there was a boss encounter later on that while it took me quite a few tries to get down, it was an interesting concept. So you have to throw your limbs at one of those targets, which causes these uh, like ballooning, almost like like puffer fish like spikes to puff out of a wall that you need to time just right to hit these floating enemies that are dropping things on you. So you have to basically like deflate the enemy with those and then hit them while they're on the ground. It was a pretty novel idea for a boss fight. And I was like, it's a shame that they led with the pretty standard, like Bobbin brothers who you actually have to fight twice. Once as Plock and once as his granddad. Cool. Um, Yeah. The Bobbin brothers are pretty boring to fight, honestly. Um, Yeah. You know, they're very like exactly, you know, generic, platform game boss characters like they jump around you have to hit them three times i think and yeah like whatever this game has got some really interesting things happening i i think it's really clever but it's it's frustrating to get started and there are some there's some real bs stuff happening in some of the first levels Mm -hmm. like platforms that you'll jump on that will just whisk you around the stage and drop you onto spikes if you're not fast enough getting off of it. Like this game does things that 
you will not be able to anticipate the first time you play. Yeah, there you know, is like, definitely some of that that old school British game cruelty in this. It's kind of tempered by by, you know, kind of a more uh, I don't know, I, I get by the fact that it gives you some more options. But yeah, there's there's some there's some BS, like you said. Um, and yeah, I definitely pretty early on, I got really lost in one of the levels because I don't feel like it signposted the way to go very clearly. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, OK, I'm here. This seems like the only way I can go, but there's nothing here. Um, and then I went back and found the right way. But yeah, yeah, you know, some of the level design could be either a little more thoughtful or a little less mean spirited for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's especially since like they, I feel like a lot of that stuff happens right out of the gate, and that unfortunately is going to keep people, I think, from experiencing some of the cooler things this game has to offer. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of game here. Like this is actually a really uh, a, a pretty long game with a ton of different levels and different like things going on in the levels. So yeah, I I think this game is neat, but very flawed and very frustrating. This is a game that was designed for safe states. Yeah, true, true. I mean, it just it's like a, you know, I think you said it before in reference to the uh story, but I think it's true overall. This is really kind of like a kitchen sink game. Like it's like they just kept doing they just kept riffing on different ideas and they they put them all in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I think that I think that overall there is enough that sticks that this is a game worth checking out, but uh, I know a lot of people are probably going to be turned off by some of the just uh, uh, real BS can't anticipate for sort of things and, and the unforgiving nature of like, you have to earn your lives and continues. Yeah, so that's you're, I don't you're, love that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to end up replaying a lot of the game unless, of course, you're playing it with save states, which yeah, I like highly it, recommend doing save states are almost certainly the way to go for, for like 95% of modern players. So yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean like, you know, it might be a little bit apocryphal, but my understanding is that this was a game that Shigeru Miyamoto really liked. Like he thought this was like one of the best games on the super Nintendo that wasn't made by Nintendo. Like he apparently told, um, told, told the, um, uh, I'm sorry. What are the names of the, the, the brothers, uh, Pickford, that, uh, the Pickford uh, brothers, St- Steve and uh, 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 John. Yeah, apparently he he at one point told them that he thought Plock was like the the third best like platform game behind like Mario and Sonic, and that he thought that with some work it could be the second best behind Mario. And I don't know that I would go that far, but I do think I see what. He I, I I think I can see what he saw as like the promise in this game and like the, the amount of different ideas in it, I think, would have probably really appealed to him. So, yeah, um, it, you know, it's a very. Yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely see a lot of promise. Like you said, it's a very promising game that it's it's kind of a shame we never got like a direct sequel. Yeah, to this because that's I sort do, of where I ended up, honestly, yeah. is like I wish there had been a plot two and a plot three where they could have refined these ideas more and more, because I bet they would have eventually made just like an absolute banger of a game out of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Just kind of the, the hilarity of like how much of British, like early British game development was done by various sets of brothers. <laughs> I had so many brothers. Yeah. <laughs> like, wasn't Fantastic Dizzy also like. A, yeah, it, it was. The, yeah. Done by siblings. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, it was the Oliver twins. Oh, right. Yeah. The Oliver twins. Yes. Yeah, so you've got like yeah. at least four different sets of, of uh-huh. brothers working. on stuff Yeah. It's hilarious. Honestly. UK. Ga- yeah. UK game development around this time. It, it is very funny. I, I think it's so weird, but uh, my brother and I should have tried harder to get along. We, we could have we could have been. <laughs> well, we, we didn't live in the yeah. UK, of course, but yeah, you kind of you kind of miss the bedroom coding revolution unfortunately of the the you know mid mid to late 80s uh microcomputer scene in the uk but yeah definitely yeah. oh well uh but yeah i i'm not sure i've got 
a whole lot else to say about this one. I, I don't either. I think we've kind of, yeah, I think we kind of discussed the, the good and bad of Plock uh, here. And um, yeah, uh, where are you thinking as far as like a starting point for this on the list? Well, you know, we've, we've had a lot of like, you know, middling to not amazing platformers, you know, like I, I think um, something I tend to think about a lot is like, Something like Skull Jagger, but I think this is way better than Skull Jagger. I agree. Uh, I I think it's way better than Skull Jagger as well. Yeah. Um. Let's. I mean, honestly, I think this is. I think this is better than Spider Man and the X Men and Arcade's Revenge and other kind of mm, okay. UK developed kind of thing. Another Fallen Brother soundtrack. Yeah. Game. Yeah. I mean, this one's got some of those BS mechanics, but I think this one is bit more forgiving i mean it's definitely a lot more creative you know like like yeah somebody was just like oh hey you've got spider-man and the x-men arcades capture them uh do whatever and and mm-hmm. you know this was kind of what we got i didn't think it was a bad game but certainly not amazing uh oh and this is a heck of a lot better than bubsy claws encounter the oh claws, yeah claw claws and clawed encounters of the third kind yeah i would um, definitely put this above bubsy like Again, I, Bubsy's Bubsy's got some ideas. They're trying to do a lot yeah, with it, but not, not actually a fun game to play, though. No, no, it's not. How how is Bubsy? How is Bubsy that high up? Did I did I? I don't enjoy know. That more I than I remember enjoying it. I don't. I don't know. Um, I think Plock is definitely. I think Plock is better than Harley's Humongous Adventure, which is at seventy nine. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I, th- I would put this above Harley's Humongous Adventure. Um, we might be nearing a ceiling for this. I'm, I'm trying to see. Yeah. Like what, well, I mean, I don't know. It could maybe go up a little bit. Uh, hmm. This really is the, the, the trouble with ranking these things. It's just like, wow, I know. This is, this is, I know. This is going to get ridiculously difficult. There uh, are some weird. Cho- we made some weird choices with this list in retrospect, I think. Yeah. Um, we may have to do something know. about this so- someday, but that day will not yeah, be today. Not today. That is too much for this, uh, this one little episode to handle. But what do you think about that range where we've got like Super Double Dragon? Operation Logic Bomb and Batman Returns. How do you think this stacks up to those? Honestly, like with the exception of Super Double Dragon, I think I would probably play this again before I would play any of those. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, like Operation Logic Bomb, like again, it's not bad, but Operation Logic Bomb feels like a much more lifeless game than Block is. Yes, it definitely. Yeah. And I I think that, you know, like it's got the whole, you know, like, thing that again we we see a lot with a lot of uk games that like vivid to the point of almost gaudy color schemes although again plock i think it works better here than it does in most of yeah plock is is certainly a more visually appealing game than something like james pond oh god yes plock is an example of like those uk tendencies that didn't really work all that well, especially on consoles being reined in a bit. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know what exactly it is about it, but every but but the approach Plock takes to all those things works a lot better for me than I'm accustomed to with UK games. So to, to read some interviews and, and, you know, other pieces written about the Pickfords, like in a way they almost had to be like dragged kicking and screaming into the world of consoles because like, right, they just weren't as powerful as the computers that they were working on around the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, sort of started getting it and taken to it. Yeah. But, well, but, but also like had to change a lot of their philosophies about games. Like I, I distinctly remember one thing they were talking about where somebody told them this is going to sound weird, but you have to make games people can finish. Oh yeah. Right. Cause that was not the way. Oh, the next level is just more of this, but everything's a little bit faster. We just changed this variable. So now these ships require more bullets to kill, you know, things like 300 that. levels. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that that was sort of a philosophy that that had to change. Um, games like Plock are, you know, those philosophies kind of bearing fruit. And um, so, yeah, I, I think like I don't know if I would say that. I don't know, like Operation Logic Bomb, 
needs more. Plock almost needs less, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think I respect Plock more just because they really went all out. I think that's fair. It, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. So do you want to put this right above Operation Logic Bomb and below Super Double Dragon? Yeah, unless unless you think this goes higher than that. I don't know that I would argue that it goes higher. I like Super okay. Double Dragon quite a bit, and I think okay. overall it's probably a stronger game than Plock, just because Plock is so all over the place. That sounds just fine to me. But hey, I thought I, I always thought Plock would be a really interesting game to play. And it was. Yeah, I was kind of worried that I wasn't going to enjoy this one as much as I ended up enjoying it. And again, like it it takes some time. Like you have to be dedicated to enjoying this game, which yeah. is pretty damning praise. But, uh, you know, sometimes know. games be like that, though. I mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's never, never really what you want for, for, you know, to have to tell somebody, oh, yeah, that game gets good once you get past like X point in it. But uh, sometimes it's true and it is true with Plock. So, you know, it's it's like when when somebody says like, oh, this TV show gets really good, but it's really bad in the first season and a half. But you really need to watch those. You really need to watch a, it. Don't like, skip any like, of the no. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost always like, nope, never going to happen. No, I'm not going to watch any more of The Expanse. I tried. (laughs) I did not like it. I don't care if it gets better. I'm not going to do that. There's been a lot of hot takes for me on pop culture this time. I'm sorry about that. No, no, that's fine. Anyway, this is talk. This has been talking TV, uh, talking telly. (laughs) Since we're we're, we're so British over here today. We're so British. Yeah. Talking telly. Hey. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think that's, that's going to do it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, this was this was fun. I enjoyed the the heck out of this one. Um, so what do we got next time? All right. Well, next time we really are going to talk about that Rocky rodent. He's uh, that's right. He's, he's a little freak. And we're going to talk about him. <laughs> Apparently, I haven't played him on it yet, blast. But... Yeah, I think you might like it. OK, I, I, I yeah, I played ahead a little bit and we'll, we'll have a good discussion about it, I'm sure. We got Super Bomberman, not just any regular Bomberman, and we've got Super Off-Road, the Baja. Okay, all right. Well, we'll see how that goes, I guess. Um, yeah, we're gonna have a Baja blast, I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, until next time, I am Emmy Zero. I'm Steve Punk Lake. Play loud. Our intro outro song is How Now Brown Cow by Technoaxe, who very generously offers a ton of great music for free and royalty free at technoaxe.com. That's T E K N O A X E.com.